one all right we're starting hello 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 everyone this is the ninth theory crafting roundtable podcast i'm artesians and i am joined today by tenten azel and xf3 we'll go through their introductions real quick um azel is a member of the kitchen main staff he's been in the theory crafting community for a very long time and works a lot with other communities uh, he's developed his own spreadsheet that a lot of people use these days to calculate team DPS. Uh, Tenten is a very influential YouTuber, mostly focusing on value um, of your pools, specifically the value of your pools. Um, he's not afraid to call something bad if he thinks it's bad. Um, and XF3 is another member of the Kitchen Main staff. He does a lot of work with the infographics on our website and all that good stuff. And I am Artesians. I am the... Head of Theory Crafting and Kitchen Mates. Hello, hello. Um, today we are not joined by Jinx because I believe he's still on break from video games or he's playing Monster Hunter Rise. Um, so he's gone. And then Zajef went to bed because he... He ditched us. He ditched us, yeah. Just like Zyals. Every um, time we invite Zyals. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then Citri, unfortunately, has left the Theory Crafting community or is on a very long break. Um, a very well-deserved break, and Citri will probably not be joining us on the podcast any longer. Uh, and for those of you guys that don't remember, he was the head of three crafting at Wangsheng Funeral Parlor. Again, uh, before we get started and rolling on our topics, um, Azel has a set has an announcement for you about the podcast. Yes, we do. Um, so the podcast is now actually on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. It is under the name Theory Casting. Uh, combination of theory crafting and podcasting, theory casting with kitchen mates. So go listen to this podcast on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or wherever you'd like to get, get your podcasts. Speaking or, of, you uh, can definitely download it. Yeah. Speaking of being on Spotify, I think the kitchen main podcast is also looking for a sponsor for our podcast. So if you're <laughs> uh, interested, you <laughs> wow. can reach out to us. Right. <laughs> Reach out to Tenten, actually, then we'll sort it out. Okay. Yeah. And anyways, we can go ahead and get started. Um, did anything happen this week in Genshin besides that? There's a lot of controversy going on. It's really. That's what we're kind of... I know we don't really talk about controversy a lot, but... I mean, well, we kind of should. It's, that's why they're controversial, but yeah. Let's get into it. What's the first controversy, Mr. Tenten? Uh, I think with the Ganyu rerun, there is a lot of controversy around the war between Ganyu versus Ayaka. And that's kind of something I feel like we should address. Um, especially okay, since <laughs> it, it's the war is kind of really bad right now. It's like, uh, Ganyu is better than Ayaka or Ayaka is better than Ganyu. But reality is like, it doesn't really matter. Like, mm. I, uh, I, I talked about this last week, actually, and we... Went into a light detail, did it explode again? It's quite funny. There was a Reddit post with like 10,000 upvotes, and it was like the best element, oh, best DPS for every element. And then when oh. I saw that picture and they put Ganyu on it, I immediately know like it's gonna be a war between Aka and Ganyu. Oh, yeah, that sounds. Yeah. I, when I first Actually, saw it, I'm like, he should have just put both Aka and Ganyu on. If anyone was curious, he put Hu Tao for uh, Pyro instead of Chang Ling, but honestly, I don't mind that one. Like, I feel like... Oh, I see it, I see it. Hold on, let me pull it up for you. I'll link it in general if you want to pull it up as well. Also, React like, yeah. the there's a... Okay. Some community perception so, of Ganyu falling off. 
Uh, I feel like yeah, we talked so, about this last week, but not too too depth. So we can talk about it. So later. on this on this picture for the people that are listening somewhere without video, you have Hu Tao for Pyro, uh, Raiden Shogun for Electro, Ganyu for Cryo, Zhao for Animo, Eula for Physical Damage, Child for Hydro Damage, and Ito for Geo Damage. So, um, yeah, that'll be interesting to talk about. Um, <laughs> Okay. So wait, there are three thousand eight hundred comments on this. Post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. It was. <laughs> also, I'm showing oh, how not to play Ganyu right now by missing all my aim attack, and <laughs> I just missed another charge attack. Skill issue. Yeah, I'm actually a skill issue. Anyway, uh, the biggest debate between the topic was uh, Aika and Ganyu, and then also Shangling and Hu Tao. But I feel like Shangling and Hu Tao is not too big of a deal. So we can talk about Ganyu and uh, Ayaka. Anyone okay. want to guess? So, I mean, it, it's interesting because um, very rarely do we ever see such a podgepodge of like takes and stuff like that. Typically, it's very hard to keep track of what the community's perceptions are. And uh, I'll, I'll have fun reading through this later. I'll probably do this after the podcast. Um, but... Yeah, it's actually very interesting to see what everyone is arguing over. Yeah, it's actually... It's, so the reason why it's interesting because it's really hard uh, for us to see, like, oh, what the community is suddenly, like, on Rampage about. But this time it was, like, really obvious, right? So that's why it's controversial. Uh, you know, the obvious, you have sudden Rampage. Small Rampages, like uh, Kokomi and Chao and stuff, but those are really small, right? And this time it's, like, different. So. Any opening thoughts about... Because I am I the only one who actually read the thing already? I did not read it, so yes. I saw the image, but I didn't see the comments. <laughs> I mean, I just know people were mad, and that's it. So yeah, Tenten, you're the only. I one see a thing. lot of Shangling. I at least see a lot of Ayaka. <laughs> um. Uh, I mean, this is this is about expected. Chungling, Ayaka. I, I saw some comment about Sucrose earlier. Um, yeah. I mean, this is going to be very interesting. Uh, I'll, I'll give it a read later, but in, in general, this kind of stuff is, um, I don't know, it's very interesting. It's interesting, Main especially. DPS is, is yeah. very interesting. So, is the, quote. the thing is, like, I think. Objectively speaking, Ganyu and Aka are the two top tier characters at the moment. Like, as in, if your name is not Ganyu Ayaka, you are below those two characters. Which, basically, I'm trying to say is Ganyu and Aka are the, they're one, they're the first place or the second place in either direction. And people are arguing. In terms of GPS? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or in terms of just everything. Really? You don't think so? It's like all character. I think no, 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 in, in terms of DPS. No, no, in terms of DPS. Yeah, yeah, in terms of DPS. Oh, not okay, not including support. Yeah, yeah, like like in terms of DPS, like either Ganyu is first place or Aka is second or the other way around. Aka is first and Ganyu is second. But my point is, they're both mm. like at the top of the leaderboard. That is so pointless to argue between them when they're already better than like everyone else. It's what I hmm. feel like. So you're literally arguing. Oh, I'm not number one. I have to be number one. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's an argument to be made that there are other characters who are close to them, but they're definitely like near the top. Yeah, I would say that you can make an argument for Selling being quite close. You could make, you could possibly make an argument for Hu Tao being close, and 
you could make an argument for Raiden being close. Um, although Raiden is a bit more sus, I think, than the other two. But I think you could definitely make those arguments. Um, it's just kind of difficult to say because, honestly, these comparisons are just made... Like, it's just so difficult to make these comparisons because um, all of these characters have different strengths and it's not just purely their DPS numbers. So, like, first off, the community doesn't actually know the DPS numbers for these characters. No one, I think, besides the people who actually count this out, could tell me how much damage does Ganyu Freeze do in a rotation. And even past that, you have to take into account not only those DPS numbers, but you also have to take into account their, their like specific strengths, their specific weaknesses. Because just because they have X DPS number doesn't account for like ease of achieving that DPS number, how many supports you need in order to do that, things like that. Um, so there's just so much to account for that it's really difficult to just straight up like compare DPSs uh, like Ganyu and like like Ganyu is better than Ayako or Ayaka is better than Ganyu. So overall, I think the argument's kind of kind of weird. Um, I think it's a comparison that you can make if you're well informed, but it's just the people making these comparisons typically don't have the full picture, which leads to their comparisons being off-center. Yeah, I mean, it's particularly hard to really get people to pay attention long enough for these types of things. But, um, XF3, did you have any thoughts on it? Like, I don't... For me, at least when it comes to comparing characters, I like to compare, uh, like, investment and, like, your overall account. Like I'd say Ayaka is like pretty. I th I'd say Ayaka is better for your account if you like have nothing, because he doesn't need much for a team. But like a character like Ganyu is pretty greedy in terms of like specific characters, and yes, she can like quote unquote be better, but how often are you going to be in that strength like ventible content or whatever? Or how often will you be able to use your Bennett for Melt all the time instead of using it on the other team? It's like, it. there's too many factors that fall into each character that's like, you can't really rate them equally for like a top DPS thing. You just have to treat them as like individual things. And you can talk about strengths and weaknesses of each other. Yeah, I think I would definitely agree i don't think people really have the ability to have such a nuanced view on it um for ganyu and ayaka specifically if you want like the answer hang on oh you know what i was thinking just now that he's was talking about like how do people know like this character do more damage than the other it's not like they counted themselves, right? So they have to like heard it from someone yes. else. But I'm pretty sure if they have heard it from like say the chain main, then they wouldn't have these fault to begin with. So <laughs> I feel like but people are getting their this character did more damage than X character from uh weird comparisons. And is they don't actually know comparisons. They don't actually like know if their character damage number. I feel like people don't actually know the carry damage number, they just feel like they do they they know about it. Yeah, I mean that's just what happens when it's Genshin is not exactly a simple game. It, it has simple controls. 
This is something that we've discussed previously, but optimizing Genshin is a very complicated task. And when you have a game that is this difficult to optimize, when you have a bunch of characters who like on paper deal pretty similar DPS, um, like for example, Hu Tao BBB versus Ryan National, they're pretty similar. They're both like very, very top tier in terms of single target damage, but like people will try to say like this team out damages this team or this team is better than this team. But in reality, they're like, what, 10% apart? I mean, between like the top and the bottom team, there's much more than 10%. But still, when you're trying to compare two very good teams, they're just so close that anyone claiming to have like a concrete ability to compare the two is just lying to you because they're so close in terms of DPS that it's not like... You, it's not DPS which is going to make the difference. It's the other factors. So it's misleading to say like Ayaka does more damage than Ganyu, or Ganyu does more damage yeah. than Ayaka, or things like that. It's because they're like pretty generally close, so you can't really make a judgment. I feel like any I, I say this before, but I feel like any statement that involves the word damage is automatically wrong. I know it's really hard to generalize it like that. Uh, and that's obviously a controversial take, but we're doing a controversial podcast today. But I feel like damage nowadays is not really the main factor. It's like how you dish out that damage. Uh, what other than damage can you provide? Obviously, damage is still a huge factor, right? Like if you can one-shot the enemy, then who cares? But for the most part, the, uh, the quote-unquote damage in pretty much across all the characters are similar and good enough that it's not the defining point of the character comparison. It's really like how this character does damage. Do they have easier time of dishing out that damage? Uh, or do they have, say, like tender elemental versus straight up miss and you do no damage? Uh, can uh, this character do a really good amount of burst damage up front, potentially pushing phases on bosses type enemy and stuff? I feel like that is what really defines the character nowadays, not the quote unquote how much damage they actually do. Yeah, that's so... fair. I I talked about a concept last week that so many teams are really past the damage floor already. So many teams are already good. So many characters have come out that you can very easily craft teams that go beyond whatever the DPS floor is for clearing the abyss very easily. Um, like we, you don't have to use Bennett or Shangling very easily. You can draft teams without them. You can draft teams without Bennett, Shangling, Xingqiu, Venti, Kazuha. Not very hard. Um, so a lot of times people really do get caught up in the question of whether X or Y unit is better for DPS. But in reality, they probably don't need these characters for DPS anymore. So at the end of the day, most of these kinds of conversations are probably just People who really like a character and they want to defend it, right? Um, typically, when people say that Ganyu is really good, maybe a person that really likes Ayaka takes it as a personal attack on like the character they like, even though the person who said they like Ganyu didn't mean to. Um, but more specifically, um, I said earlier that people probably don't have the ability to give the nuanced take between a units like Ganyu and Ayaka because they're so close. Um, it's not because they're stupid, it's just that they don't really think about it, um, because you don't really need to. If you like Ganyu or you like Ayaka, you just pull them. 
But the reality is, is that there are specific situations where one is better than the other, and it is not always clear to people which factors kind of play into each other, right? Um, no. And I can go over that as well. Yeah, that's actually, I was going to say, we should actually go over it since we're on the topic, because otherwise people will get away or leave this podcast and still not knowing, like, what are those category. Uh, I'll get started, because I'm playing Ganyu attack right, or Ganyu right now on my stream, and I'm missing charge attack. So I can, it's definitely easier <laughs> to use than Ganyu by a, probably a good amount, because you cannot miss charge attack on Ayaka, so that's a good start. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Ayaka is just generally oh, you, you, I think like with the whole like that sort of thing, like you get the whole well, Ganyu burst is a lot of damage when you have venti content because of quadratic scaling, but if you can't venti the content, you lose out on that. And while Ayaka doesn't have to deal with that, which is just flat amount. Like the matchup yeah. really depends on like your ma enemy matchup really depends on how well your character is going to perform, and enemy also matchup is skill issues though. Yeah, enemy matchup is actually a really huge one. Uh, for both of the character, I think it, I would personally say it matters a little bit more for Ayaka. I think there are more unfavorable matchup for Ayaka. Uh, Thunder manifestation in the current abyss is a good one. Uh, I don't know if people would know, but there's this Enviosity clip where. He just missed like five Ayaka bursts or something like that uh, on the Thunder Man of uh, Like you can surely like learn enemy pattern, but it's not as easy as just hoping that uh, or like saying like, oh, this enemy is not going to move in this next five second window. In fact, I was playing with Ayaka yesterday on stream against the PMA uh, and I can hit majority of the burst, but I cannot really guarantee that I can hit the entire burst because, you know, like if I think, oh, he's going to fly away in the next two seconds, do I hold off my burst and lose uh, some amount of DPS uptime? Or do I, like, fire my burst and hope that he doesn't fly away? And if he does, like, if I hit four seconds or five seconds on my burst, is it good enough? It, it, there's a lot of uh, matchup dependent stuff when it comes down to, uh, I think, Akam more. Uh, but Ganyu, as mentioned, like, Venti Ganyu is also a case. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I also think, like... Like, with your PMA example, like, if you, say, like, you get the thing where the PMA, like, rockets up, and you use your Ayaka burst because you thought he wasn't, well, now you just lost your burst, and that's 20 seconds where you're basically doing almost nothing. If you were Ganyu, and say, like, you just misplayed your rotation, at least you could just shoot it, and just do at least some damage. Like, that's, like... Like another thing, like like people have to take into account like how how they dish out damage, like what you said earlier. Ayaka's all front loaded with their burst, but if your burst doesn't land, you basically do nothing. Ganyu, you can at least salvage your rotation or attempts to clear by just shooting things. I think there's a lot of example that we can kind of go over to give people an idea. But when PMA spawn their minion, do you use your Ayaka burst or not? Because if you don't use yeah. your Aka burst and you charge attack, you off, uh, surely you will kill them slowly. Uh, but if you do use your burst on the minions, that leave you with no burst when he enters the vulnerability phase. Which, again, you also lose out the opportunity to do a bunch of damage there. Uh, where again, you can just charge attack down the minions and then slowly charge attack again on the uh, actual PMA body. 
Um, I think another example is uh, the Triple Maku Genki from the last Abyss and Spectres in the current Abyss as well. Uh, triple Maku Genki, you can't guarantee all three of the Maku Genki will stay in one place, so your Aka Burst might not be able to hit all of them at once. Uh, you can do it, but it's just hard, uh, which make uh, it feel kind of bad when you don't actually hit all of them together, especially since Aka Burst actually is actually quite small, so you do need them to be gripped up tightly. Uh, and Spectres is actually another really interesting matchup that unfavorable for uh, Ayaka. In the most recent um, Vagabond and the current Abyss, I also think I have a lot of Spectres. But like, like Spectre is an enemy where like, do you, they don't group together at all. And so when you're playing Ayaka, do you just fire your burst on one single Spectre and then move on to the next one? Or do you like try to group them together when they don't actually group and then fire your burst on the entire them, hoping that they're grouped, right? Uh, so that's really bad matchup for uh, Ayaka, for example. On the other hand, obviously, spec uh, Ganyu, you can just kite them, you can walk away, which make it easier to group because you would just bait them into a corner, and your elemental burst and bloom are so huge that uh, you can easily hit more of them. I don't want to say easily hit all of them, but more of them. So those are examples where matchup are unfavorable for Ayaka. Uh, I don't know if uh, Arts and Azo have anything to chip in, but I just want to make sure we're not, because I feel like I'm too, I'm slanting the uh, scale to, a little bit, so I want to make sure we don't do that. Hmm. Yeah, I think that one thing that is really important to mention that, like, is why I think Ayaka can be a lot more comfortable for a lot of people to play is it's just easier to buff five second burst than it is to buff like a 10 second charge attack uptime where you can't be casting other stuff. Because Ayaka, you can just press Q, swap off, like keep up VV, just press cause V. Um, like you can have, you can basically guarantee your entire burst hits during Mona's Omen uptime, both with freeze extension and plus like it's five seconds, things like that. Um, so Ayaka is just easier to buff and buffs just matters so much in this game that the ease of buff ability is what I call it. Um, just makes Ayaka's damage, uh, like, it, it creates the potential for her damage to be higher. However, on the flip side, you also have the fact that Ganyu, like, while her charge attacks are pretty difficult to buff, you can play Morgana, and in Morgana, then um, you can just cast her burst and then not care and spend all of your other time just using your characters, like, keeping BB uptime, buffing Ganyu. Um, so it's really dependent on, if you're doing, like, um, Something where you can cast your burst a lot, you're playing Morgana, whatever. It's easy to keep buffs up on Ganyu, and it's easy to keep buffs up on Ayaka. But if you're doing something where you're maybe doing a bunch more charge attacks on Ganyu because you're not doing your uh, Morgana rotations correctly, or maybe you're playing Melt Ganyu, then that leads that makes it much easier to screw up your rotations. That makes it much easier to lose a lot of DPS. Like for example, the Kazuka whatever Melt Ganyu rotation with Ganyu, Bennett, Kazuha, Zhongli. If you accidentally mess up like the VV on Ganyu for uh, the the VV on um, the Double cryo sword. VV for Ganyu's yeah, uh, then you do lose out on a decent bit of damage. So it's like if you if you screw it up with Ganyu, um, you lose damage, and I think it's easier to screw up with Ganyu in some playstyles. Yeah, yeah. I'll, so I'll go for it. Yeah. For me personally, I think all of these things are. On the list of like there's a huge list of things 
that spreadsheets and DPS comparisons can't measure. Um, on the other hand, though, it's just as easy to reset your floor. In the same vein that like Eula has to reset for her burst, Ayaka can reset if you miss, right? The question that I would rather ask is not about like... It, the question I would ask is not like the whether or not the units have enough damage to clear. They do. It's about if you miss a charge attack or you miss your burst, you know, are they units that just have enough damage in general to already clear? The answer is absolutely yes. Even if you miss a burst on Ayaka, even if you lose 20 seconds at the beginning of your run, Ayaka and Ganyu are both units that definitely just have the ability to just have a fuck ton of damage, right? Their rotations don't matter as much because that's just how strong they are, right? It's not so much about how much damage they do because we all know that they can do it. It's about how easy can you really get it out, like Aza was saying. How easy can you really augment them? Um, and in terms of difference between Ganyu and Ayaka, I wouldn't say that they're very much different from each other. They both can utilize the same teams. Um, Ganyu has a rotation that's a much harder, or a type of play style that's much harder to really say, that to really recommend. Um, Melt, specifically. But, is there really that big of a difference between Ganyu and Ayaka? I mean, probably not really. So, if we skip past all of that, like, what is really important about Ayaka and Ganyu? Like, at their core, like, what are the differences between Ayaka and Ganyu that we all just know, but we don't think about, right? So, for Ganyu, her charge attacks takes two seconds to fire off, meaning you need a shielder, right? Or Ayaka, she has an 80-cost burst, so you need a lot of fucking energy to get her burst back up. Things like that are much more important to for... A question or a comparison like this than like how much damage they do because let's face it they do they can very easily hit over like five hundred thousand within like one rotation right yeah uh Ayaka does have several advantages uh ease of buff is one but it also means when things are going well for Ayaka she often is can do it really really well uh when your enemy are perfectly grouped up and then you just you know like ttds uh bonnet omen castle buff and then you just burst, you can do a, a lot in that 5 second window uh, during your, your burst. It's So when things are going well for Ayaka, it usually go really, really well. Uh, so that's one of the thing, like the main difference, I think, between the two characters. Ganyu is like... Ganyu doesn't really have like a super pop-off cases, I think. Uh, where Ayaka, like, as I mentioned, like like you just boom and you call it a day. It, it will work out, assuming. Um, I mean, like, it, it's really, like, about those small differences, right? Like, because they're, they're so similar. You, you guys have, you guys, like, not you guys specifically, but, like, people who are listening probably don't understand, like, they're very, very similar units. Um, they practically use the exact same team compositions that most, like, most people are running the exact same team compositions. Something about Mona, something about Kazuo or Venti. Things like that, right? Or an, an extra cryo unit. Almost every single variation of Ganyu and Ayaka is running this. And on top of that, they don't even have like huge weapon differences, right? They oh. both have very strong free-to-play, free-to-play options. Prototype Crescent for Ganyu and the Kage Uchika Amenoma for Ayaka, right? So, at the end of the day, the answer is, in which situations can I really exploit them, right? So, Ganyu. She absolutely 
absolutely excels when you can group units. If there's a, ever a floor where enemies are are pickupable, like with a like a bunch of treasure hoarders, you shoot a venti burst, you shoot Ganyu burst, and you go AFK. It will they will all die, right? And for Ayaka, it's very simple. If an enemy can be frozen, or if her um, you can easily hit your if her burst. elemental burst can get stuck on it, it's 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 it, right? So. You just have to take into account whether or not you value these situations very differently, right? And then um, at the very end game right now, it seems that Ayaka is much more favored. Um, it is very, it's very easy to use Ayaka right now. Um, it's much more rare that we get a floor that is <laughs> significantly challenging where you have to use Venti gun because the answer typically is if you invest your Venti enough, he'll probably do by, by himself. He'll, he'll probably just do it by himself, right? Um, no. I've thought about this a lot, if you can't tell. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, no, I... I feel like the only time maybe Ganyu is... Ganyu Venti is, like, absolutely almost necessary is, like, back in the old Abyss when we had the, uh... Or older Abyss cycles where we had Mirror Maiden... Sinsen mages and the assassins like all at once on one floor you they typically are like spread out a lot where if you played ayaka if you didn't set up instantly they would just start teleporting moving around and then you're basically doomed while with ganyu you just throw a venti queue in the middle of the screen and then they're all grouped and you're basically dead how long ago was that i actually felt like that was not that long ago but now i realize it's probably been a while i think ever since Raiden came out is when we only are getting heavy enemy in the abyss. Was this yeah, before like before Raiden's release? I think this was like the patch before Raiden. I, like, I think ever since Raiden, we only got heavy enemy. Yeah, I think this might have been Kazuha patch, or no, maybe it, it was Ayaka's patch. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, it was probably Ayaka's patch. Um, when they had we last had like that twelve three two with the three fatuis. Um, and then we did have like Mirror Maiden on High Tide, Low Tide, right? I don't remember exactly. I think so. I don't do a lot of this. <laughs> I it's just okay. quit once. Don't worry. Sumeru enemy Sasuke. <laughs> I wonder if they, uh, what kind of Sasuke. enemy they will make. Because in Sumeru, we got a lot of different enemies. So I think uh, there might be a lot of new and interesting enemy from Sumeru. Obviously, we don't know what they look like or like if they're going to be different from the Inosuma enemy. But I think. We can expect some new enemy that might also change up the again like pretty much ganyu and i could just come down to match up so we'll see how that goes uh there's something i want to mention about i forgot what it is oh yes yeah. something something interesting i feel like is that uh because morgana or ganyu excel in uh, doing aoe uh ganyu and shower in the same uh vein of a. Uh, Abyss matchup when the Abyss is not favorable for Xiao is like less favorable for Ganyu as well. That's what I felt like recently. Like... I mean, for for Xiao specifically, whenever I find that a matchup's unfavorable, it's just if if the enemies just get pushed away and don't die very quickly. <laughs> like that's it. He doesn't have damage. It's just I hate what like he's a very interesting case. <laughs> um. Yeah, but I mean, th there's not really much to really say about Ganyu and Ayaka. Like, they're so very similar, and the minutia between, like, okay, well, you know, if you can group enemies, 
Ganyu's better, but you really can't right now because most of the abyss, the high floor abysses are just like like two or three really tanky enemies and Ayaka's great for that. Like there's not really much to say. Like they're both fine. Um and then if we go back in time to like the the hardest events that we have, you know, a reminder that we get them literally once every like three months. Um the difficult ones are the difficult like events are so varied, right? Ayaka Organ, you could be the best. I mean, but like very easily, Utao picks up the slack and becomes better than them because typically, like the super hard events, just have one really tanky enemy. Yeah, something like that. I don't know the the recent Vagabond was interesting. Well, I guess over the Vagabond have three enemy. The first one was like triple kinky. Uh, Ocean Nid and something. Oh, Dio Bishop. The second Vagabond was um, Spectre Room, Wolf, and uh, PMA. So, one big enemy, so Dio Bishop and PMA. And then, like, one medium bunch of enemies, so Maku Genki and. Uh, I actually don't know. Yeah, something like that, right? Hmm. Is Maku Genki medium mm -hmm. enemy? Uh, like a single target enemy that is not large, I guess. I I'm not really sure what you would classify as a medium enemy. I don't know. I don't know. I have Stack Symphony. That was so long ago. I don't think they were... Oh, I anyway. Know let's let's go back to the entire Ayaka Ganyu thing. I mean, we said a lot about it already, but... Yeah. Honestly, I think it's just, if you want to compare DPSs, uh, yeah, we, you can make the claim. I don't necessarily think it's incorrect to say one is better than the other um i think you would make the claim that they're both better in sim in like different categories. one situation versus the other the reason why um i personally think that ganyu is still a valuable role is because you don't necessarily need to put her as a dps you can use her as a sub dps you can um play her as like in an ikaganyu team if you want to or you can just substitute her in for kaya or rosaria her battery capabilities aren't that great so probably the loss of her in like in a eula team because you actually need battery there um, but if we're just talking about something like the Kaya Rosaria Freeze team, you could literally just summon Ganyu and still be fine. Um, and I think that Ganyu just has more flexibility. Um, I honestly think Ganyu Melt is overrated. Uh, that's my personal opinion, but it's still a playstyle that does exist. It still does allow you to nuke things down very quickly. It does have that burst DPS advantage. Um, and yeah, it's just Ganyu, you can do her as Freeze. Uh, you can do her as Melt, you can do her as Sub-DPS Ayaka, you can theoretically do as all three as well, but Ayaka melts just very, very copium because she only melts a third of her burst, given her ICD. And um, her as a Sub-DPS is, you can theoretically do it, but in my opinion, I've tried both out. Ganyu is just easier to use, lower cost burst, 100% burst uptime. Ayaka, you kind of have to struggle to make work if you don't run enough ER on her as a sub DPS. Yeah. The uh, oh, go ahead. I also like to like for the whole Ganyu versus Aika thing. Aika like off because all of her damage is front loaded into her burst and how you can easily buff her, she doesn't really require anything in specific. 
like i i made this comparison not like on other chats and whatever but if you were to pull Aika on a fresh account you basically already had a mini version of her best team you can have you can put tds on barbara you can vv shred with anemo mc and you can battery with kaya you essentially have like top damage team with three free-to-play units at the start of the game while ganyu you can't really emulate that well which i yeah. feel like to a newer player or to someone that can't wish that often that's a little bit more useful to them yeah, I think there, it actually does depend. Um, I think that if you are a person who actually knows a bit about team building, yes, yes you could say Ayaka is stronger just because you have access to those units, like you said. I think, though, if you're a person who literally does not know how to make teams, then Ganyu will be stronger just because Ayaka, you actually have to battery her. You actually have to yeah, freeze to make sure that things will just walk out of your burst. But I, Ganyu that's how, is just, you click that's how it and was hold and you can do then. a decent amount of damage. Like, because back then, when Ganyu first released, when we didn't really understand rotations or whatever, a lot of us yeah. just compared Ganyu's pure charge attack only damage and just saw that it was just a lot stronger than a lot of things. So if you're like a less familiar or you're less familiar with the game, like that type of character will probably be useful to you. Similar to like Zhao, where he's like a pretty one dimensional. Or it has a one-dimensional like sort of way to play. Yeah, that's fair. I think it's just as knowledge constantly evolves, we'll see different like units come into the meta, and that's just inevitable. Uh, that change will happen like that. Um, I do think that while it's, I I do think that, however, it's kind of difficult really to still make a judgment on like we have this knowledge now, so this unit is better because a lot of people don't have that knowledge. And for a lot of people, one unit will still be better because they just don't have the knowledge. For example, um, Ayaka, we now know how ER works. We know how battery works. Um, we know how to do Ayaka freeze rotations, stuff like that. We know rotation crafting to some, to, to some extent. But people who are literally like, I am just going to slap a main DPS um, and a healer and a shielder and like some random support that I know is a support, but I don't actually know who they're best at supporting. So let's say I'm going to take Ganyu and put Sara as a support and a Chi-Chi healer and then a Noel shielder. Like for those people, yes, Ganyu is just going to be better because you can't put together teams and that is still a significant portion of the population. But for people who are aware of how to put together teams, Ayaka will become much stronger. So it's just hard to say um at that point it's because there's also the issue that it's not just a straight um you either are knowledgeable or you are not knowledgeable there are some people who have some knowledge of the game but they're still struggling to put comprehensive teams together they're still struggling to put rotations together so for those people it's like well what do we recommend because maybe you know enough to play ayaka well maybe you don't know enough to play ayaka well maybe you know um, how to battery her and maybe you think that you should press E and then Q on Kaya and then never battery Ayaka. Um, it's just like, how do we make these, these kinds of recommendations when our audience is so distinct? Um, that it's not, they're not homogenous, I guess. Hey, though, you know what I want to say to that? 
Oh Oops. god, you guys are not ready for this, but that is called the curse of knowledge. <laughs> wow, ten ten. Oh god. Cursed. Curse. I'm cursed with knowledge. knowledge. I mean, like typically when people like get really mad at theory crafters, they probably just they probably are under the impression that we're like on an ivory tower because they just don't understand but like we also don't really make it very easy to understand because it, we know how complicated it is and i don't know it's it's a struggle i mean i don't think there's a very easy answer to it. and you know it, it, i got you and i could definitely fall prey to it because even now we can't really get a very good answer yeah, out of I, any of us like yeah. like e even for me uh, and azel who like know how much dps they do kind of hard to say which one's really better because of all everything that we've just been talking mm -hmm. yeah and just to clarify i'm not trying to say like casuals are dumb or anything um like no hate on casuals at all i am a very casual player in some games that i play like terraria fgo i play very casually it's just like some people don't dedicate as much time to playing a game as other people do. And the amount of dedication that you put into playing a game um, like does not make you smart or dumb. It just determines how much time you have or how much time you should allocate to playing that game. And yeah, also just to like add on to that, like people don't have the knowledge thing. A lot of things that we've been hearing from TC because we recently opened up a TC feedback channel in the Discord server, the KQM server, and a lot of people are saying like, it is very difficult to get into TC because you have all this advanced knowledge um, on like advanced EGT, simultaneous reaction priority, how to do team count, all of these really complicated topics that we try to encourage people to do, but there aren't that many resources to actually teach people how to do them, which makes it really difficult for people to I guess, have the same perspective that a lot of theory crafters are just because we're kind of bad at making that kind of um, content, mostly because I think people don't really particularly care to do that. Um, it's just people prefer to focus their energy on doing more work rather than making more educational content. Um, and that's fine. Like not everyone has to be a person who wants to teach other people how to do theory crafting it's perfectly fine to have a large portion of the community just be focused on theory crafting itself and then have like one or two people just communicate the results that everyone else comes up with. But we still do need those people to communicate those results. And I think that's something that we might be slacking on uh, in a lot of instances. So I think we can improve on that. Um, just make it easier for people to get into theory crafting to explain how theory crafting works and all that. Hazel, you know what that means? <laughs> Are you going to say curse of knowledge? It's the curse of knowledge. <laughs> oh, no. oh yeah. God. So, I mean, like everyone engages in the game like very differently, right? So like if someone plays very casually, they don't care about the abyss. The answer between Ayaka and Gani is probably very different. It is very different from like someone who's looking to mid-max in the abyss, um, like this abyss specifically. So. Uh, if you're looking for an answer from TC, like we can give you the, the hard DPS numbers. Azel can give them to you. But we also still have some kind of obligation to really contextualize the numbers that we give you. Because 
as much as TC would love to just toss out these numbers everywhere right now, the amount of people that get like any sheet spit out, like some flat DPS number, will just run around waving it around, bonking people that have like that think otherwise, right? But like they miss all of the knowledge that it requires to properly make us an accurate evaluation. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, I oh. think one of yeah, it's Hudson. Oh know. no, I was gonna say like conclusion for Ghanaian accent. So because I feel like <laughs> overall, yeah, it was just like I just like overall like it's there's no like clear answer like Ganyo Aka is better. They're both really good character. They're both at the top of the tier list is what I think. So um, like even like you see like even like if we try to list all like every pros and cons between Ganyo and Aka, there just isn't still a clear answer or like which one is better like some will be better in certain scenario the other will be better because xyz reason i think like they're both just really good characters and honestly i'm happy to say like they are equivalent like that was if anyone was to ask me like ganyo aka i would just say they're equivalent i feel like that's the best answer i can possibly give which is the yeah overall. i mean the answer is just as usual it depends um and i know that's not really a satisfactory answer to a lot of people they want to hear a clear, like, this character is better than this other character. But it's just, these characters are, there are so many factors that go into making a DPS character good or a DPS character bad. You have support alliance, buff ability, um, like, ease of use, burst DPS. And all of these things factor in. And sometimes you might value one thing more than another. So, for example, maybe you want a character who can play at a range, um, because you want to have a character who can counter really like wacky content, like the Thunder Manifestation. And Ganyu is better in those cases, but let's say like this account already has a ranged character in the form of Yoimiya or something. In that case, then maybe Ganyu is less valuable. And it's just, there are so many factors that you need to take into account whenever you are recommending X or Y, that's really difficult to just say, this character better than this one, roll for this one, or this character better than this other one, roll for this one. So yes, it depends. Yeah. It's very hard to impart that kind of knowledge onto someone else. Um, Curse of like, knowledge. Like, we don't really, like... You wouldn't want someone to walk around just telling you down, like, oh, you should have pulled for X unit because of blah blah blah. Like I said earlier, people engage with the game completely differently. Right. If there's someone who wants to learn how to like theorycraft or learn how to optimize their stuff, then yeah, that's fine. But most people probably don't have like the proper insight to know that like, okay, you really, really should not go around telling your friends how to play optimally if they are only on Genshin just because they like how Jean looks, right? It's very different. Oh, you're just yeah. gonna get oh. a who Omega will asked from those people if yeah. you try to explain. <laughs> and then Mask. they're like, they'll like, I'm gonna give you advice right now. Just don't do that for people in general, right? If, if, if like your friends don't really care that much and they're, you know, they're enjoying their time, they're not worse than you for it. They just play the game differently. Maybe they're super engaged about other games and you don't care about that. They wouldn't, they probably shouldn't berate you for it either. So, 
That is your life advice for this yeah. podcast. Um, also, so... reverse. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, also applies to the reverse. If you're, if someone you know likes doing theory crafting, don't shit on them for it. At everyone who likes to shit on theory crafters, please, please don't. We're not saying that you can't pull for waifu. We just like playing the game in a different way. I I can't play a game without with maxing. It's just me. But anyway, yeah. Wow. That's I forgot what we we're gonna talk about after that. So because I'm updating our topic sheet right now. Um, you and I did want. Yeah, Zhongli is coming up. Ganyu and Zhongli. And I think um, they're both very strong characters. I feel like we were probably wondering, like, talking about this last podcast already, though. We I... did cover it briefly. I don't think we covered it that in depth. In depth? Um, yeah. I mean, we already. I do, because there are a lot of things that I think that people miss on Zhongli. Um, even theory crafting, uh, theory crafters, I think there are a lot of. Um, a lot of misconceptions about Jolly. I personally think that Jolly is stronger than a lot of people give him credit for. Uh, because I think people don't realize how big of an effect rotations change when you need to extend them slightly. Like me going for, like me increasing my rotation length by two seconds is a massive difference in rotation DPS. And if Jolly can save you that two seconds, because his shield makes it so that you just don't have to dodge, where he saves you four seconds because you don't get interrupted and then you don't have to dodge afterwards. And that's going to be very, very helpful. But that also depends on you actually playing a character who can lose a lot of DPS if they get interrupted or lose a lot of DPS if they have to dodge. So for example, Reverse Melt with Kai, Rosaria, Xiaoling, Bennett, like probably doesn't care about Zhongli at all because Xiaoling's Pyronado keeps spinning regardless of if you're dodging if you're on the ground, interrupted, whatever. So that's like a team that doesn't care about it. Meanwhile, you have like Ganyu, and if you get interrupted in your two-second charge-up time, then you're just screwed. So she's a character, like especially in Ganyu Melt, who would care about uh, Zhongli a lot. So Zhongli's value is not just account-dependent, he's also team-dependent, like what teams you play. Because I think we all like to say like Zhongli just makes her clears more comfortable, and that's true for some teams. Jolene does make clears for some teams more comfortable, but for others, he just like makes nearly zero difference. And for some teams, he makes like a world of difference. So it kind of just depends. I think for on building on top of that, but also like another point for characters like Zhao, where there is no easy access to a Nemo Shred, he is the best option. Like playing Zhao without Zhongli you run the risk of getting interrupted mid-plunge, which destroys your damage. It actually destroys your DPS. On top of him getting himself low while you're fighting. And then if you don't have a C4 gene, you don't have any way to lower the enemy Anemo uh, resistance. So your damage is set. Uh, yeah, there is think... a reason why the Xiao people recommend rolling Zhongli. I think it's just team dependent. I mean, I already pushed a video on when and when you shouldn't roll for Zhongli. Uh, in in that specific mm -hmm. video, I pretty much just said like, if you have a reason to roll for Zhongli, for example, if your team want a Zhongli, then that's good enough. Like, if your team want a Zhongli, honestly, it's good enough. Just roll for Zhongli. But of course, the other hand is if your team doesn't care for a Zhongli, then there's no reason to roll for Zhongli. Like, that's pretty much it. Uh. 
which is a little bit contradicting to the uh, usual uh, some some of the idea like oh Jungle is always good in every single scenario because he just make you comfy, which I that character uh, that one aspect I disagree. Uh, and the yeah, I think like <laughs> yeah the the biggest thing so for me, especially with the team I play and the team I think people should play, is that. National and Freeze team does not use Zhongli. And I feel like in every single Abyss so far, it's been proven that some kind of National plus Freeze team is the meta. Uh, either Ayaka or Ganyu. I guess more Ayaka nowadays, which we just talked about. But you just run a Freeze, Ayaka on one side, and you run like some kind of banner channeling on the other side, which means you don't have a position for Zhongli. Uh, obviously, that is the top of the meta, and you don't always have to play for the top of the meta. Uh, but speaking from peer-peer meta perspective, in that case, Jongli doesn't have a position to fill right now. Is is the mm -hmm. biggest thing about I think have with Jongli? Yeah, I mean, you can theoretically use Jongli in uh, like Hu Tao Double Geo, and Hu Tao Double Geo is honestly like very comfortable comp to play. Um, super good against single target. Uh, it makes Hutao's cancels easier to do because you have a shield. You don't have to worry about getting interrupted. Things like that. Um, so he does have a place in those teams. The issue with his place in those teams, I think, is there aren't a lot of teams where you pick Zhongli over everything else. I think like the best two examples, or best three examples, are Ganyu Melt, Hutao, Double Geo, and Xiao. Xiao. Yep. And other than that, there's honestly like not that many uses where Jolly is like best in slot. Um and yeah, three teams, those three teams are actually like pretty good. Um so the fact that he is best in slot for those three teams is still definitely uh something that's really good for him. But I think just when you compare Jolly to other supports and how many times they're best in slot. So like Cynthia, best in slot in deal deal with vape, best in slot in cleavage, best in slot in Hutal VV Vape. Uh, arguably best in slot for a lot of freeze teams. Best in slot for basically every single team which requires Hydro application, like uh, Taser. There are just so many teams in which these supports are optimal, and when you just compare that to Zhongli, who has three, it's just not that significant, I think. <laughs> if you want a Hydro character and you can use Sing Chills, the answer is use Sing Chills. Like... <laughs> yeah. Basil, forgetting about Yoi Mia? Oh uh, yeah, I also that's Ooh. also point, I guess. Ooh. You can say Yoi Mia. Wow, Yoi Mia guide writer, by the way. Yoi Mia, you're about to drown Tenten. Oh, I'm not. Mind. I'm not. Have you said Chongling fifty times yet? Uh I think we're uh, pretty probably close. <laughs> I think I think people are <laughs> I think people are counting. I think we're at like oh, twenty five no. shouting mention. I like mean that. you said twelve before we started, so <laughs> we just need to like Maybe maybe someone in the comment more. can Someone in the comment can tell us how many channeling we said in this stream. Channeling, channeling, channeling. Okay. Channeling. Does national. I don't have much to say about Zhongli. I feel like we talk about this like every single podcast. The answer is if you need him, grab him. If you think you need him, grab him. He's never going to be like a horrible pool. He's just not terribly efficient over your other options. He, he's not efficient. He's very safe, but he's yeah. very comfortable. If you value that, go ahead. There's nothing wrong with it. Yes. Okay. Um, next topic that we want to talk about was just Amos and Vortex. Terrible banner. Don't roll. 
<laughs> That's my opinion on it. Uh, it. It's such a bad banner, man. Like, you have a standard weapon that two characters can use, and then you have a spear that is just worse than other alternatives for almost every character. Dude, even MiHoYo know, knew they messed up because on Zhongli's second banner, on his trial, he had Homa instead of Vortex. Oh my god. Pepe laugh. Like, MiHoYo, the, MiHoYo Pepe The banner is, is so bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't roll the end. Yeah. Don't roll the end, yes. I mean, like, I think people will say, like, well, for Ganyu, Amos is so good, but... A, you have access to Prototype Crescent. You can refine it up pretty high, and it's honestly not too far behind Amos. And you can refine it up pretty high. It does I have think, an issue with headshotting. Yeah. I think Amos is so overrated, to be honest. Yeah, but it is pretty overrated. It's, um, it's good. So easy to use. Okay, hey. Yeah. Okay, it is easy to use. Have it's... you ever experienced Amos? No. The difference between yes. an Amos <laughs> bow and a Prototype Crescent might not be... Huge with refinements, but I don't have to hit headshots anymore. Okay. <laughs> well, that just sounds like skill issue to Whoa, me. Oh, but that, that, well, that's hey, true. If things are floating around in a gun to you first, <laughs> I'm not hitting a headshot. Okay. But you also have to. I, and you also I'm have to mobile, consider. Like, I'm also not hitting a headshot. There, there's also a lot of <laughs> other five star weapon that you can use. Like Amos is not the only five star weapon that you can use on Gan. You you can use thundering pots. You can use sky whip. You can use polar star. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that people have this misconception that Amos is just always going to be best in slot for Ganyu, which is just not true. It's not uh, true. If you look at the math, Polar Star is very, very slightly behind Amos, like 1,000 DP uh, damage for rotation um, out behind yeah, but Amos. It's like tiny Amos looks cool. because Amos has attack percent substat, and that just very does good. not work well in Melt. Uh, and Freeze in Morgana team specifically. You're not doing a large portion of your damage is not charge shots, it's actually burst um, your burst, in which case Amos just matters less. You can use Thundering Pulse or you can use Skyward Harp if your crit uh your crit rate allows for it. So um yeah, Amos is kind of, it's overrated. You can get it on standard. Uh there's no reason to roll for it on the limited banner when your other alternative is Vortex, which is just honestly kind of a terrible weapon. Um, sorry to that person who posts on every single Genshin Impact Twitter post about how they want Vortex, but yeah, it's kind of it's kind of bad. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I, I I think Amos is overrated by a lot of people. It's just it's it's still a five star weapon you can use on Ganyu, but honestly, it's not that far ahead of if even if it's even ahead of other weapon uh, five star weapon specifically. And uh, there's mm -hmm. also Prototype Person. In fact, I think for Freeze Ganyu, Amos is. Arguably, like, not even as good as many of the other 5-star weapons. Yeah, it's just straight up not. Um, if you have the... If you have the crit, uh, the crit distribution to allow for Polar Star or to allow for Skyward Heart, because they do have a crit rate substat, which does make it difficult to use with Blizzard's Trader, because you're already getting 40% plus 15% from Prior Resonance, plus, like, your base 5%, so you really can't have too many crit rate subs, or else you're just, like, those just go to waste. Um, but if your crit distribution allows for it, Polar Star and Scattered Harp will just straight up outperform if you have enough enemies. Um, and even if you don't have too many enemies and they're not grouped up specifically, they're still very close to Amos. And the second thing um, is that 
Thunder and Pulse exist, and you just don't need to care about your crit distribution because it's got crit damage substat, not crit rate substat. And that's just great. So yeah, Amos overrated, and you can also get it on standard. And Vortex so bad. Yes. Vortex bad. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, Amos overrated. Any yes. input from the milk, the creator of milk on you? Dude, I'm looking at our arts uh, transcript right now, and it's just Artesians. It's so easy to use, though. If you're on mobile, you don't need to hit headshots anymore. 1010 slash Azel sounds like a skill issue. <laughs> I mean, it's true. I mean, what else do you want me to say? Like, it's very easy to use. That's it. Like, yeah, there's, that's not, there's not much more value than that. Like, if you have any other five-star bow, you don't need it. That's how good the five-star bows are. The bows are actually kind of cracked. Um, uh, but it, is it worth... Like, is this... Is Amos worth risking pulling Vortex Vanquisher on? No. Okay, well, let's go into it. Is That's... Vortex Vanquisher good? Is there any character in the game that really wants Vortex Vanquisher? <laughs> hold on. Everyone, hold on. Gather your thoughts. Kick <laughs> we... Not really. Sorry, I can't. Uh, Art gave us a very long time to gather our thoughts. I mean, <laughs> you can use non shout. Yeah, I mean, you can, yeah, but, but Jade is just... on standard. Yeah. Yeah, Jade's on standard, plus just go for Homa. Just use Homa. So, please don't, don't go for like, Vortex for Seth. I have, like, another thing about the bow stuff. Are you really going to risk three pities for a bow? That's on standard. Like, yeah, that's on standard. And it's yes, like it's not like the other weapon is like <laughs> usable, right? Like if say like we were going back all the way to Redhorn Harp Banner, if you wanted harp, you could go for it because Redhorn is a decent weapon on everyone else. You're not using Vortex on anyone. You're just not. Yeah. I mean, like also, I think a lot of people might not think of this, but two of the best polearm units are Xiaoling and Hu Tao. And you know what Xiaoling does? She gets run with Bennett, um, in, except for Sukokumon, have to add that. She gets run with Bennett in most of her teams. That gives her a significant attack steroid, which decreases the value of attack percent, because the more of you, that you get of a stat, the less percentage damage increase overall that you're going to get from further increases in that stat. So attack percent, not that great on Sally because she already has Bennett. She has four piece no bust that Bennett uses. Um, and if you're running her with Sucrose, you have TTTS, whatever. And then you have Hu Tao. And Hu Tao gives herself like a thousand attack from her elemental skill, in which case then you also don't want any further attack percent, which makes the attack percent uh, stuff that you get from Vortex just super copium. Like Vortex, I'm pretty sure is just straight up worse than four star options for both of them. That's plus two mentioned by so, the way. So, yeah. <laughs> plus two so, channeling. Yeah. Terrible. For the I mean, other like, one. yes, Xiao exists, but yeah. Yeah, the other polearm units are Zhao and... Zhongli. Shenha. And Shen and Zhongli. Zhongli runs a... Shenha? Oh, yeah. Blue spear for HP percentage. Zhao... Shenha uses use engulfing yeah, lightning. <laughs> yeah. And then Shenha uses engulfing lightning because... The energy is well. Okay, actually, on the topic of spears, it's not just Hoba anymore. I would say engulfing lightning is like so, so jacked yeah. out of its mind. <laughs> there's like, there's like two characters in the game that don't actually 
want or use engulfing lightning, but they also have other really cracked alternatives. Like Homa for Zhao and Hu Tao, you can just use it. While every other spear basically, or Polon basically wants, or can <laughs> use engulfing lightning to a decent Lee. degree. <laughs> yeah. Like, you already have Zhongli's uh, best weapon. <laughs> best weapon. Zhongli, you get his best weapon while rolling for other weapons. It's fine. You get yeah. his best weapon when you're rolling on, on banners because his best weapon is Black Tassel. Don't at me. <laughs> Just kidding. That's pretty much it. But also on the thing with spears, like, Shenhe can use... Serpent Spine, or not Serpent Spine, uh, Skyward Spine, which you, you, you lost the 50-50 or lost the weapon banner, you might have, so you don't even Imagine need a Imagine ever vortex. losing the weapon banner. <laughs> you know what I think they should do? Yeah. You know, you guys play Minecraft, right? You guys know the item frame? Yeah. I feel like they should add an item frame in your teapot, so if you ever get a Vortex Vanquisher, it has a purpose. You just put it in... Your item frame. You just show it off in an item frame well, and then just leave it. The teapot, the teapot now has like you can show off some screenshots. Yeah, but you can show off your item like. <laughs> you, you need, they need item frame so like NP can show off his Skyward play. Or Pride, sorry. And play. Skyward Pride Smoge. I just want something no. where I can show off my Akua Favonia that I have no use for. <laughs> and then Slice can put his level ninety bell on the item frame. Poggers. <laughs> He has a level 90.55 bell. I don't know why, but he has a level 90.55 bell. Oh, I mean, like uh, that's it. Me. I mean, spears are very, very much. Um... Dude, <laughs> Vortex Vanquisher is just so bad. Stop. Don't, don't even think about it, boys. <laughs> don't even think about it. It's not worth it. Amos is not worth it. Think about Wait, the worst case banner, scenario. You want, think about the worst case you know, scenario. You pull Vortex, you heal another Vortex, you get Amos finally due to fate points, you use your free wishes from the BP, and you get an Amos from Standard! Like it, R2 Amos, very good. It, it really, like right now, it really is just like, if you're talking about 5 star spears, it's really like the engulfing lightning and Hobo's show. Like, that's it. For swords, it's Mist Splitter. It's not even really... Just Miss Splitter and Jade, yeah. Jade Cutter is also pretty good, but... Yeah. Freedom Sworn, you have a use for Kazua, but... Freedom Sworn... It's kind of more of a niche case, but if you have Kazua, it's very good. For bows, like, all of them are good, and you don't <laughs> Sky, the ammos. Yeah. Skyward Heart, literally, uh, yeah. Polar Sky, literally, Star Thundering Pulse. <laughs> literally all of them are pretty good. Um, and... Did I miss one for... Oh, yeah, for Catalyst? Well, they all suck, so you just use... The, no, the no, 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 no. You, you use uh, the donut best weapon. TTDS. Stop. Stop. All right. So like um, the that's pretty much it for the vortex vanquisher. Right? It's actually Just... quite interesting that we don't have a good catalyst yet, but we can save that. TTDS. Catalyst. Oh, you mean up. like whenever a new catalyst comes out, Sasuke. Sasuke. It's okay. I mean. If you guys think Yamiko would be a catalyst user, and you think she would just hold TTDS like everyone else. <laughs> That'd be so funny. <laughs> That'd be so funny, wouldn't it? If Yamiko end up being a TDDS holder. <laughs> That's it for damage is that low. I mean, okay. but TDDS is so good too. But 
it, it depends on her it team. Would right? it, it would be funny. It depends on her team, funny. right? It would be extremely funny. Like, if you put but... Dai with Beto together, is it a TTDS? It would we'll be so funny. It would be so funny, dude. That would be hilarious. Okay, it would be hilarious. What other topics do we have? Um... Uh, Gone, you fall off. I feel like we can go back to Gone, if you want. I feel like we already talked about it. I mean, it. we kind of basically already yeah. covered it. Yes, yeah, she has because it. of changes in content. Um, more single targets equals less Ganyu effectiveness. Sorry, for the people that... Everyone actually can't see our topping list. The, the question that we had written down was, um, why do people think that Ganyu has fallen off and what factors made her less good compared to other DPS units? And to reiterate, people think she's fallen off for sure because Ayaka's come out. And the factors that really make her less good is that one, Ayaka's extremely good against most of the Abysses now. Um, and yeah, that's it. It's just Ayaka's also good. Yeah, huh? I think that's it. I think... I don't think Ganyu Get has both Giga-Chad. fallen off at all. Just really mm -hmm. like alternative. I mean, back then Ganyu was really like a league yeah. of her own and now you have another one yeah. that's that's it falling off boys just <laughs> she hasn't like what very she it's very hard to miss the dps floor with ganyu she's definitely falling off guys i don't know i don't get it it's just there's so it's, many yeah. units that you can use so many units that you can pull for so many team compositions that you can experiment with why get caught up on whether or not one is better than the other so badly just Play what you want. It's, it's like, nice to know, but do you really know why? Do you understand why? That's what theory crafting is really about. Not really too much about our team DPS calcs. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's it's more. It's not as it's not like Ganyu got weaker. It's more so everyone else is on par. Also strong. <laughs> yeah. 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 We found out things to make other units stronger. We oh, to did be not honest, find those like, things. Yeah. What what units were really around back then that we knew about when Gani came out? Like Shaolin was just the was yeah, like our best DPS was Deluke, and Shaolin was barely just beginning to come together, and like Sucre's Taser was also just beginning to become a thing, right? So Ganyu was like Ganyu really kind of kicked the door open in terms of DPS because we were all so bad at the game. I mean, Sucrose Taser, it wasn't even for DPS. It was just a random team people came up with to get around the shields in the Oldenus. And then we were like, wait, but it's actually good for DPS. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah, we literally just found some video on Billy Billy of some guy murdering stuff with Mona. And we we're like, what if we use Sucrose instead? And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Telephone pull Razor. Razor is oh my god, telephone Razor. I remember that one. There's my there's my mention of Razor for this podcast. Whoever keeps commenting in the YouTube comments, uh, TC podcast checklist, checklist. Razor. There you go. Razor mentioned. There you go. Bingo. There, someone won. I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure part of the checklist is channeling mentioned. How many are we at right now? Anyone? Probably around forty. Uh huh. Um. I I don't think we have anything else, right? Um, uh, we can talk about Fab Weapon real quick. We didn't get to that last podcast, but... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So, the, the, like, engulfing lightning and Favonius weapons in general. So, like... Um, so, recently... Not very recently, but 
a long time ago we really thought about like energy and energy recharge like how does it play into impacting like dps comparisons and stuff like that like since you have to allocate points into energy recharge because obviously you know your units can't just fire off elemental burst without any without end um and some units have more costly energy bursts and stuff like that we thought to ourselves like how much does it really impact our dps and recently we did like we had the ability to really check out our calcs and stuff like that and we found that favonius weapons and weapons that have energy recharge in general but specifically the favonius weapons and um engulfing lightning they were increasing our ceilings by quite a bit or making it very very easy for teams to have higher ceilings right and that's because the energy recharge that you would have allocated in their stats can go into crit or attack because you get so much more energy from the favonius weapons or engulfing lightning yeah um i think that there's kind of a weird dichotomy sometimes in tc though uh favonius weapons are very very strong but they're also not strong just because um not just because they increase your sheet dps I think people have the misconception that uh, it only increases your sheet DPS, which is why Favonius weapons are good. That's not necessarily true. The One of the bigger reasons why Favonius weapons are so good is because they allow you to fix screwed up rotations. So let's say you accidentally misbatteried um, with like Xingqiu uh, and you have a fab weapon on him. If you had anything other than a fab weapon on him, you would just have to wait 20 seconds for your next skill to come up or 21 seconds. But with fab weapons, you can just auto a couple times, fill up the rest of your burst if you're close, and then your rotation is fixed. Which is another reason why fab weapons are so strong. I'm I'm running fab everything nowadays. If if this is a port character in my party, it's running fab. Chenha, fab. Rosaria, fab. Bennett, fab. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like you just, I feel like. Nowadays, just run fab on your support. Like, don't actually care about running anything. Yeah. Else. Uh, like I also like to mention, like, fab also compared to sack. There's a huge thing with Xingqiu, but recently we didn't like, or we didn't find out till relatively recently, because sack back then was just like, oh, it just uses on Xingqiu, fixes energy, blah blah blah. But if you have enough ER with fab and you can get the proc off during the single hit E, or the single E. It is actually a damage increase over sack just because your rotation is shorter. That one E cast is actually increasing your DPS or decreasing your DPS like overall. Okay, but like if I see a fat 20k twice, bro, that's pretty sick. <laughs> yeah, it's so sick. I'm using my I'm using my my sack yeah, but... on my Xingqiu. You can suck my balls. <laughs> I, I do the double thing also. Then an E <laughs> double. Yeah, double double Xingqiu's E. So sick. It's like, but, like good burst for, for characters like Hu Tao, you basically just want Fab. Because you weren't going to nuke E anyways. Fab's just so good. I I've been digging Fab Bennett like recently. It's so good. And it helped battery my Shangling. Oh, that's a plus one. But uh hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Like, is there a um, Support that you don't run fav on. Venti probably run fav to be honest. If you don't have allergy, you can I, run fav. I think fav venti um, is like what else would you run okay. on venti? Right, stringless. It's 
nice to, to increase damage, but I feel like Faf just make everything more comfortable. More comfortable on Venti mm -hmm. himself. More comfortable for your, for your entire party. Uh, Faf. Oh, speaking of Faf, um, sorry, Azo, you're gonna say something, right? Do you want to go first, sorry? Uh, I was just gonna say Kazua. Um, you can run Fab. But Fab Kazua on Kazua and Fab on Bennett is actually pretty good if your ER is very, very, your ER requirements are really high. So for example, Ganyu Melt. I was doing like calculations on Ganyu Melt yesterday. And then I was trying to put in like the alley flash. And it was just so scuffed because I couldn't get the ER high enough to actually meet the ER requirement that I had on Bennett because it was like 266% because you use one holy in that rotation. I was like, wait, what if I just use a fab weapon? It did decrease the DPS, but it honestly wasn't that big of a DPS decrease, like maybe 2,000, 3,000 um, damage over the rotation, like probably around 2,000. Yeah, which, I should do. out of like 30, 40,000 is not actually that big. So Fab on Bennett, Fab on Kazuha, not bad, pretty sick. Um, Iron Sting is still better on Kazuha if you can meet your ER needs. Um, Fab is actually not that high on Kazuha's weapon rankings, but Kazuha's weapon rankings are all very, very close in terms of oh. team DPS, except for Freedom Sword. Freedom oh. Sword is just in leagues above everything else, but then everything else is pretty close. So you can run Fab. It's more comfortable, definitely. You know what the thing yeah, is? I mean, on... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, alright. Yes, ready. Iron Strength's overrated on Kazuha. Rude. Hello. <laughs> Every time. I, you know what? You know what? I think the best weapon for Kazuha is Dark Iron Sword. Every time oh. we talk about, <laughs> or every time someone talk about Kazuha, the first response is always, "Wait, why aren't you running Iron Strength?" I feel like people have this idea like Iron String is just the best of Kazuya because it's a 4 star crappable that give EM but honestly like Iron String is pretty bad when you don't have enough ER. I'd much rather run Sack yeah. and Fav. Sack and Fav are both much more comfortable to run. Um, On like paper, if you're doing your rotations perfectly, Iron String is higher damage, yes. But Fav allows you to like battery selling if you accidentally miss battery once and keep like allows you to keep your rotation consistent. Yeah. Um. So it's much more comfortable to run, allows for patching up of skill issue. What you guys like need to do? <laughs> I'm kidding. When, you, when but, you're playing yeah. Melganyu, when you're playing Melganyu, you guys should run Fav Bennett, Fav Shangling, Fav Zhongli. <laughs> Honestly, so what I was going to say idea. is that like, if a team has enough DPS, like, you know, the difference between like, an Iron Sting or a Favonius weapon is probably really low, right? Not like super, super high, like maybe like 2000, right? Yeah, I'm is looking that at 2000 right DPS now. really going to matter. You have one and a half minutes to clear the abyss on your side, but if your Favonius weapon can give you enough energy to move on to your next rotation much quicker than just sitting around and doing nothing, it's almost always worth it. Um, and in general, people don't really optimize their energy recharge very well. It's just like something we do for our sheets. So it's very, very, it's a very hard thing to measure, right? You can't just say, yeah, if you run a Favonius weapon everywhere, you'll always be comfortable. Okay, well, maybe you might not be in a position where your artifacts are good enough to do that. Maybe running a Homa over a Favonius lands is the difference between you clearing and not. But for someone else, 
that has like jacked out Crimson Witch of Flames, maybe they don't give a shit. And running um, a Favonius weapon is how you get the things, right? So that that's kind of like what I was gonna say. Like DPS is like kind of important, kind of not, but in this specific situation energy and stuff like that is interfaces with dps in a much more complex way than just saying if you use a favonius weapon you get more ER but less damage that's not really what matters can you still clear the abyss with it can you clear more comfortably with it those are like the questions you should really be asking and answering yeah another thing that i think we should mention about energy like you mentioned people are terrible at optimizing their er and one other thing is I think that people should generally build more than whatever ER requirement uh, is generally recommended. So for example, Xiaoling, you see like 180% is the general recommendation. But what if you mess up? What if human error is a thing? Then if you don't have enough ER, you're going to have to wait for the next Bennett E. You're extending your rotation by four seconds. May not sound like that long, but it's quite a big DPS decrease to go from a 24 to a 28 second rotation on child, for example. So you should generally invest enough so that you can account for human error um, rather than just have to suffer through like having to live with your mistakes and those mistakes costing you a lot of damage. Um, plus, there's the issue that uh, SRL mentioned this to me, uh, and I think he just posted in TC Gen. But this is um, a significant problem with the Genshin Sim, which actually just generates particles randomly according to whatever rate they are generated in-game. So for example, Fischl generates at, I think, like 0.6. Each of her Auskits has a 0.6 chance to generate particle. I think it might be 0.7, actually. Um, but something like that. And how we treat those in energy recharge calcs is we just say, okay, every single hit generates 0.7 particles. But that's not what actually happens. You could be unlucky and... Just every single time Oz hits, he just doesn't generate a particle, or he only generates a particle like 40% of the time or 50% of the time, as opposed to 70% of the time. In that case, if you're using the ER requirements that are recommended, then you're going to have an issue because sometimes you're just not going to have enough ER. So you should generally build like 10, 20% more ER than is recommended um, if you want to clear comfortably, just because extending the rotation is so painful. Like, for Bennett, I gave the example of a four-second extension, and maybe that doesn't sound that bad. But now imagine you're battering with Goro uh, in the Ito team or something, and you have to go, like, how you have to wait for 10 seconds for Goro's E to be back up. Then you're extending your rotation by quite a lot, by 10 seconds, oh, no. as opposed to just four. So it's just painful, and you should just probably run a bit more ER just to be safe so you don't have to deal with those issues. Bennett, elemental skill I think that... is busted. I think that <laughs> I think that also factors in with the enemies. Like a lot of people run Morgana into those heavy, small trash mobs type stuff. And in that team or in those scenarios, you're gonna get a lot of energy just from killing enemies. But on paper, a 15 second or like 18 second Morgana rotation has some some of the highest ER costs in the game. Mona is almost impossible with the kqm calc standards to like reach like it's almost impossible to reach your er requirement without fav like just the fav as an er sand but when you're playing in that con that type of content where morgana excels in you get the energy 
just because you're just killing things. And like, say like if we uh, bring it to a more recent example to um the wolf abyss, where it was just a bunch of wolves on both sides, they drop no particles, no clear particles. So if you didn't meet the energy requirement, you just didn't play because you couldn't. Yep. I remember playing against Magu Kenki. Uh, I was playing like Child International uh, on the Magu Kenki side uh, with Child Xiaoling, Bennett, Kazua, and I just threw my Xiaoling's ER to like 230% just because Kenki just was not dropping enough particles for me to consistently get Xiaoling's burst back up. I was like, I don't want to deal with this. I'm just going to run more ER on Xiaoling. Yes, probably it's like 10% DPS loss. I don't care. I just want to have my burst up more often. It's just easier. Yeah, I actually um, saw this calc a while back, and that was, uh, it was from CN. And for people who doesn't know, CN usually do calc uh, really differently from how KQM does it. The biggest difference is they always assume signature weapon instead, uh, so refined one, which uh, dramatically changes a lot of the calc, because certain characters just have way better signature weapon than other. Uh, Miss Bitter is one of them, for example, and Homer is like another. <laughs> But Dude, interestingly with, enough, with yeah, interestingly enough, there was this. I'm saying that's terrible for him, by the way. <laughs> oh. Interestingly enough, there's this uh, calc that uh, for four star weapon, if you're only using four star weapon, uh, Aka Ganyu is actually better than Aka Shantan because you run Fav Ayaka. Fav Ayaka. So, so, so it was Aka Ganyu. Uh, it's the way to go if you only have four star weapon and you just run five Ayaka to battery both Ayaka and Ganyu. That was the calc, which is a really interesting take. But mm. five weapon is just so strong that like is actually it sounds like, like an interesting take to me. Yeah. I that I would like, like to that see that sounds the like map such a weird that. way yeah. to like to evaluate. You like why would you not use Ame Noma Kageuchi there? It's so it's just so weird to me. It is weird. Um, but it just is. Are you saying that KQM theory crafting is just better than CN theory crafting? Well, I'll take that as a yes. Thank you, Tenta. <laughs> I agree. All right, moving on. Um, no, no, but Kagyushi doesn't battery Ganyu, so you just use five to battery. Yeah, just get good. Okay, no, well, I would, oh if I would have to do that, it would just be Mona. Um, the team was like Ayaka, Mona, Ganyu, Kazuo, right? Or is it something else? I don't know. I think you're. I think it might be Kaza instead of Venti. Because otherwise, if, if it was Venti, then you just don't care. about Like, if you have Venti, then you shouldn't have ER issue. I mean, yeah, if you have Venti, you just cryo-absorb and then you reduce your requirements by 15th flat for everyone, and it's much easier. If you do Kazua, though, I would just run Fab on Kazua, Fab on Mona. Um, but I know people want to say, like, Pro-type Amber on Mona, so that you can have healing. I care about having my bursts up so things die before they can hit me, rather than <laughs> being able to heal, but also, like, kind of a whale takes him. <laughs> Fair enough. I I think the thing about that though is like if you're gonna run a freeze team you're gonna have blizzard strayer but em does nothing for freeze so you only have like three three four useful subs anyway so you're gonna get er anyway well hopefully mm -hmm. that's like because like you have because most freeze is the only element or i guess geo to an extent that EM is just that crystallizes very useful. Crystallize. <laughs> That's a. I actually do want to talk about this topic and this why Shaolin have better artifact than other character. <laughs> I feel like this is a I mean, pretty uncommon knowledge. 
And while we're yeah, on this the, is something that we did talk about on the topic um, of knowledge. We might as well just, talk about it, right? Why Xiaoling have better damage than your other character? Well, it's Xiaoling, Hu Tao, Noel, Ito, but you can just say Xiaoling because you are the Xiaoling salesman. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm talking about I'm talking about EM, like how like she have better artifacts of that than other character. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm saying like Hu Tao also has. Wait, that but how, wait, how does Noel and Ito has it though? They have defense because they benefit from a defensive attack. So it's, technically, Xiaoling Link has the most, but yes, they all, but actually, Ito, Raiden is the most efficient character for stats. Really? No is EM. It? Just max out ER with engulfing lightning, and you're. Ready and good to no, go. No, no, I mean, like, how many useful like, stuff? Like, usable stuff. Oh. Yeah, usable stuff. Yeah, like, so, out of 10. So, let me explain uh, what does this mean. So, and ironically speaking, your Xiangling have better artifact than most of your other characters, which is one of the reasons why she just does more damage. The reason is because Xiangling can use more stats than other characters, which is namely EM and ER. Uh, when you. Get a good artifact and, you know, like, doesn't always roll into crit, right? Sometimes you get attack, sometimes you get ER, sometimes you get EM. Uh, for Shangling, ER is a really good stat, because her burst does cost a lot, and it further amplifies the album set. Uh, but more importantly, she used EM extremely well. Uh, Elemental Mastery is honestly arguably better than crit, until a certain point. Uh, which means if you somehow roll into a lot of EM, it's actually a good thing. So it just means that you have more chances of getting really good substat. Uh, and on average, you will have more substat on your Shangling than other characters. Uh, which just means she's stronger. Yeah, this is something that we account for in the KQM standards. Um, I'm not sure who, who originally brought this up, but we were like, what if we just give every single sub two flat subs just to account for the fact that some characters just will benefit more from random rules that aren't into crit than from other ones. So Xiaoling is an example, benefits from ER, EM, attack, crit, crit, uh, crit rate, crit damage, plus attack. Then you have Hu Tao, benefits from attack. Uh, I mean, like, she benefits more from some of these than others, of course, but Hu Tao benefits from attack, plus attack, plus HP, HP percent, crit rate, crit damage, and EM. Yeah. Then you have, like, Ito, benefits from defense, attack, crit, um, and Noel, same thing for defense. Yeah. Not for, yeah. On the so, other hand, like, and then you compare, yeah, yeah, and then you have to compare that to like cryo freeze units who really only benefit from crit damage. Yeah. On the other hand, like, character that doesn't benefit as much from stuff that are harder to get or harder to make good of. So, yeah. like, because you have to hard to farm good artifacts for. Yeah. How it, many? How many of us like you stay in Blizzard Strike for ten years because you can't get because you can only get like two or three subs. Not me. To... I'm done. I'm done with fucking Blizzard. <laughs> I'm kind of compared done. to like a Crimson Switch, uh, Crimson Witch uh, kind of like user where they can basically use anything but defense. You can roll attack sense on Changli. You can roll EM sense on Changli. No, 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 no. You can, no, no, no. Roll you, you can yeah, even take HP. Fade so Holy shit! No, no, no. Oh Tens like God. HP on Changli because you run home. Homer, oh you can actually make uh, use of the HP uh, stuff. <laughs> Exactly. Just get an R5 one where it, so it scales faster than attack. <laughs> True. Okay. Dude, just... Oh my god. <laughs> the Raiden engulfing lightning thing just cracks me up every time. Every time I read something where, like, an off stat will, like, 
scale faster than other stats is just so funny. But like, I think Hu Tao's EM scales faster than crit into like a hundred EM. Yeah, it's so funny. Well, it, EM is it's, it's always so funny to me. EM is actually busted. yeah, and then well, it's not EM is busted. It's these units who have damage distributions and reaction mappings, basically like which attacks melt and vape. Like they yeah. have very very easy ones to abuse. Like, um. I don't know, things like Raiden having enough ER where it scales better than her attack is just so funny to me. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, anything else? Oh, one thing I do want to talk about for EM. Uh, yeah. I saw this... I don't know, this has like very little to do with what we were just talking about, but EM is like so misunderstood by a lot of people. Um, and I do think that would be valuable for maybe 10 i don't know maybe kq and put out a video on like how does em actually work and why is it so good for sub characters because i was looking at the game 8 website right and they said mm -hmm. em boosts your elemental burst and elemental skill damage <laughs> i was like what that what? that's completely incorrect Dude, everyone <laughs> thinks of em as like a fast that you either go all in or you don't go touch it at all uh, you know, it's one of those stats I mean, where you have to balance part of it was my fault because when we when I first started making video, I said EM was bad, which to be honest is not wrong because back then we had the Luke and EM is bad on the Luke, uh, as the only reaction character. Well, it's and okay on him because it, you're it was okay. Bennett, so you, yeah. don't... you just don't want like a bug ton of it because you can't react that much over his yeah. rotation. The only character who like, kind of cared about EM was the Luke, right? Back then, I mean, like to to like Venti, well, Venti, yeah. but like we didn't know. <laughs> well, back then. no, the back then and like we didn't yeah, have his transformative yeah. buff. Yeah, I mean, Chongling still existed. We were just stupid. We just didn't know. Yeah. So, but now like the Chris existed, we just don't. So we can dive a little bit deep into it. But EM is better than crit, uh, unless you have, like, say, more than three hundred, or two hundred maybe. But EM is actually like just better than crit uh, for a character who can use it and. Nowadays, when we talk about character who can use it, they can probably use it really well because most of them have no ICD. We're talking about like Hu Tao, Charge Attack, no ICD. Shanling, Power Nado, Charge Attack, no ICD. Uh, and on top of that, you don't really care about attack as much because Bandit exists and other attack source exists. Uh, certain character doesn't use EM that well. Uh, these examples are like Kaya, who only melts one out of three Isako. Uh, Yomiye, who doesn't melt her entire string. So for these characters, attack could still benefit more just because uh, when you don't do reaction, EM does nothing. Oh, what are you talking about? I run full EM on my Ito, because I love those shields. <laughs> Crystallize! Oh yeah, also EM oh, sucks on Geo characters. EM sucks on Geo characters. No, 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 no. I did an account review for uh, Celeste a couple of days back, and they had a <laughs> Shat Albedo. I feel like... Shat Beto, I think, is the best possible build. I think a lot of people don't know this, by the way, but if you, you ever run the... Uh, not. <laughs> if you ever run Ryzen National, you won, like, 300 to 400 EM on channeling. Because overload. I think, right? Pretty sure. I think um, it's... Around EM, EM is definitely more beneficial, yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, for other selling... Other selling builds, it's like you, um, either you run attack or you run EM for most other selling builds, besides like if you're running the EM weapon like Dragon's Fame, because they're just so close. Uh, because you do get a lot of attack from Bennett, yes, which makes attack less valuable, but selling also has her own base EM, which makes EM less valuable. Um, 
So attacking EMR basically equal for most healing builds. With Ryan National, however, you just almost always want to go EM over attack. Apparently, we're 53 Shangling mentioned of the chat. <laughs> I wonder if... You know what I wonder? I wonder if YouTube or... Well, you can't see chat on Spotify, but there's gameplay footage on YouTube. I wonder if people who are watching this on YouTube actually look at the screen. Because I imagine most of them just tap and listen, right? So the chat is not displayed it on the YouTube footages, but I'm curious if people like want to see the chat. Because I'm if you're like a YouTube audience and you have never seen Twitch chat, the only thing they do is they 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 smash their keyboard every time Changli get mentioned. It like that's all they do. That's that's all. It's they just do. XL Opa. XL Opa. You know I'll, I'll show them right now. Hold <laughs> on. Let me. I'll show them right now. Here. So, so the chat's gonna be in the recording from this point on and. You guys can see what they look like. <laughs> that's all they do. So that's why I don't put it in. <laughs> that's all they do. We need to start posting these transcripts with everything, by the way. I'll have to go back because we have a transcript for every podcast except for the last one. But okay, I think that exhausts our topics for this week, right? Yep. Um, we don't really have much to say. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I'll close it out. Here we go. Um, we're gonna have a question and answer section real quick. So, if you want to join us next time, um, we'll be live on Twitch, and you can ask us questions. Um, but this has been Theory Crafting Roundtable Podcast Number Nine. Nine, I think. So. Yeah, thank you, Azel. Thank you, Tenten. Thank you, XF3, for joining us today. Um, I am Artisans. And it has been a pleasure to have you. Um, if you're listening on YouTube, check it out on Spotify or Apple Pod or Apple Cast, I think. Uh, you can find it under the Kaching Mains' theory casting, and you can download it there and listen. Um, yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.